I've got your finger. I've got your finger. I've got your finger. That's not my finger. Tricky donkey. Honky tonky. From San Francisco. Milwaukee. I feel weird. Oh, I feel funky. You're fine. My little donkey. I feel dizzy. I feel sick. You're fine. My little donkey. I'm a muscle bitch. I'm a muscle bitch. I'm muscle. I'm a muscle bitch. I'm a muscle bitch. I'm muscle. Dance for mommy. Flex your tummy. Mommy loves you. Do you love mommy? I'm a muscle bitch. I'm a muscle bitch. I'm muscle. Welcome to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Yusa. I'm Kevin Christie. I got a flat tire. Yeah, dude. you did just now. Just, I mean, right before we started. Yep. I was about to be like, and record, and then I hear tss. wind out of your sails, literally. Yeah. Life, right? That sucks. I mean, life. <laughs> I kn- and I was just telling you too. I was like, all right, pumping the tires, gonna ride on over to Kevin's do yep. this podcast. Right. And then I thought, should I bring my you know, little like this. You have these little like uh, carry-on things you can strap under your seat. You can throw in like some an extra tube, a patch kit, power bar. Um, yeah, and I have that on my road bike. And then I was like, oh, should I take that with me? I'm like, no way. I'm only going to Kevin's. It's only like a few miles away. <sighs> and then exactly what I thought happened, fucking happened. Famous last words. Um, yeah, guys, if you haven't ridden your bike in a while. Uh, <laughs> if you have like more than one, I have more than one, and you pump up your tires, just know that there might be a problem. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think there's any way you could have seen this coming. I mean, I had the thought go through my head. I'm like, this could happen, but I'm like, I'm gonna be so close, it's not. What just happened will keep me from even thinking of buying a bike for another five years. <laughs> I'm sure it will. Oh my God, the tires are always. Think, think about bikes. I will use this as a fact to dissuade people from getting bikes i'll be like yeah the thing about a bike i'll i'm inventing the fact right now oh, yeah. in my head i'm like yeah the tires just they tires fall go apart out every day yeah they literally that yeah. you a tire only lasts four or five days yeah I, that's actually something you will do yep you do that with other stuff I've totally <laughs> so you will create oh yeah bikes are first of all they're dangerous first of all they're dangerous second yeah. of all the tires don't last second of all, good luck keeping your tire inflated <laughs> ever <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. So I essentially rode here. I'm going to walk back. Yeah. It's so, it's so like, it's such like a weird, like, sense of defeat when you're, like, walking your bike back. When you see someone walking their bike, you're like, oh, man, that's rough. It does rough. feel shitty where you're like, because oh. it's like, it's, you're holding it, essentially, <laughs> and you're pushing it, and you're like, I could be on this and going, be going 10 times as fast, but I'm not able to. Yeah. It's like pushing your car. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> anyway. Um, you know it doesn't suck our guest this week no that's the good one yeah Jeff Richards you guys is a fascinating individual we've known him a real long time yeah. he is a comedy store mainstay he was yeah. there when I first got there uh, you may recognize him from Mad TV from SNL just from many TV things he's done he's a hilarious comedian great impressionist and uh, you could hear some of that in this episode. But the yeah. main reason we had him on is he's he's started doing music, and it's cool. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it, you know what you can't even really describe it. Yeah, that's 
we want to be like, oh, it's comedic, but it's like not. It's not like he's not doing parody songs nope. at all. Nope. He's just doing like bizarre. It's his music. Weird, yeah. Like it's you know. I mean, the only thing when you watch the videos, you can kind of liken it to is like something out of the Tim and Eric world. Yeah. Like it's not. He's not you know caught, but it's like in that universe kind of. Yeah. But he's got his own place in that. Yeah, you if, you wanna just, if you want to look up, his, he's got a great video called Muscle Bitch. Mm-hmm. You can see that on YouTube. It's hilarious. Jeff Richards' Muscle Bitch. That's my favorite. I saw him do it live the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, in the OR. Was the it good? Store. Did it they, was fucking hilarious. It's great. It's it great. so funny. And it's sincere. He, he's very serious about this. It's great. We get to hear, he tells us about like how he kind of got into doing it and kind of how he goes about it and just mm-hmm. kind of like what he's trying to do with this this new thing it's cool because this is like he's just starting to do this now so you're really getting to hear what it's like for someone who's starting to do a new thing like while they're doing it and not like oh this is like you know it's not past tense it's happening now he's gonna do like a song every two months a video release a video every two months yeah and they're they're great and he's doing this stuff live too yeah um so you can see him um at the comedy store a lot he's there every week um you know the, the spots are given out weekly, so you'd have to comedystore.com for yeah. for lineups and stuff like that for both for Jeff, Kevin, and I. Whenever we're all there, yeah. People ask when you're there, like a week before, and I'm like, fucking, I don't know. All of us know, like that Tuesday afternoon, usually. Yeah. Um, we have a general idea of what nights and times and stuff will be on, so make sure to see Jeff um, at the comedy store, especially there, because that's like the freest club where you can just, you can do that kind of stuff. Yeah. No one's going to go, Hey, that's Jeff's home club. And that's the place that lets him do, you know, whatever that's the, lets us do whatever we want. And this is Jeff's new thing and it's cool. So go there to see it. You'll enjoy it. Um, and yeah, at near the end of the episode, he does get into what he kind of originally became known for, which is, fucking spot-on impressions. He really is very good. He throws good. some of those at us, and they're Very, great. very good. If you're a House of Cards fan, you gotta listen to his impression. He doesn't get too into it, um, but he does do it, and it is fucking amazing. Uh, there's a Robert Downey Jr., and then the rest you're gonna have to hear. He's great. Yeah, so, and he's an amazing impressionist, so they're, they're worth checking out. Uh, are you, let's plug some stuff. Where are you at? I'll probably be at the store this weekend. Okay. And West Side Comedy Theater on Sundays. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, that show always mostly sells out. So mostly guys, sells out. We've recently had Judd Apatow and oh, David Allen Greer. So you never you never know who's going to show up. People can buy tickets online, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, West Side Comedy Theater. That's a great show every, every Sunday. It's a wonderful every Sunday show. I've been on. The yeah. lineups are always good. Mm-hmm. Um, I am... Uh, well, first... I'm grateful for those of you who keep buying my album. Snap. Uh, and those of you who are leaving reviews, positive ones, I appreciate it. They're all like, everyone's saying nice stuff. Yeah. Continue to do that. Uh, if you're an iTunes person, it's on iTunes. Buy it, rate it, and review it. If you are anti-iTunes, which some of you are explicitly telling me that you are, mm-hmm. um, allthingscomedy.com or allthingsrecords.com. Uh, that's the label I did the album with. So they're, they're super awesome people. There's a page on allthingsrecords.com with my album. You can buy it there, and then it's yours forever. Um, and I make more money that way when you buy <laughs> yeah. it on All Things Records. So uh, either way, I just want you to get it. But you know, 
uh, it's available from both. If a lot of people hate iTunes, so you can get it there. Um, but just get it, and thank you for your support. Uh, this, not this week, next week, August 27th, uh, Chicago, Ari Shafir and I, Zany's Comedy Club. One night only. It's probably sold out. It <laughs> might not be, so get on their website and look for tickets. It's very, very close to being sold out, and we're only there that one night. Uh, September 4th through 6th, Gotham Comedy Club in New York, motherfucking city. Uh, I haven't been there in years. I can't wait. <laughs> End of September, Washington, D.C., D.C. Improv. Um, and another thank you, by the way. Everyone who read that blog I wrote. Oh, yeah. Um, I appreciate all the kind words. It's very nice. I just wrote it because I just, you know, I don't know. I did. Like, we found out Robin Williams died here. Yeah, we were recording. Like, we were doing a podcast, and we turned it off. Yeah, and, and then, like, turned our phones on, and it was just, like, text messages and my entire Twitter timeline. And yep. So it kind of fucked me up for the day. And then, so I went home and was, like, sitting on my couch, and I'm like, I need to start, like, writing all this out. And then yeah. I put it up, just put it up online, because I was like, if I don't do this now, I probably won't. Yeah. Um, but then the, you know, all the nice words and support have been very, like, super cool. Um, what was I going to say um, so I've been listening to old comedy records mm-hmm. like I have them anyway but so I was trying to find some Robin Williams ones but I can't like I got you know I've been to a few places and I, can't, I haven't been able to find them but, right. um, but yeah you know get into old like comedy Old com- good old com- good comedians have been good for a long time yeah and they should be appreciated that's it's uh, the, you realize that can sometimes be the the crime of age, as you think people aren't as good because they're older or whatever. It's not the case, especially with stand up. These people are on the reg, funny and stayed funny and didn't you know? And if if you're into like modern comedy now, you I mean listening to the old stuff. It's just like it's the same with music. If you like bands now, like you listen to the, their classic rock influences and whatever. The same goes for comedy. Like you hear a lot of old stuff and you like. I have a couple of Dick Gregory records yeah. and listening to that guy, you know, he, you know, he, it's not like super hilarious comedy the way it is now. It was more like spoken word and political and like serious at times, but it was like, it was interesting because there, people don't have the patience or tolerance for that kind of comedy. Now they're just like, this isn't like, you know, a million punchlines a minute and it's too serious and you know. Yeah. Um, I don't need that in my life. I just want to laugh. Like a guy like that influenced so many of the modern I mean, day. If you think about it, the comedians that you like now are list this is the stuff they they're listening to, the stuff we're interested in. Yeah. I think people maybe do have the attention span for it. They listen to hour and a half podcasts that are not necessarily punchline, punchline, punchline. Yeah, I mean but that's a different format, you know? Yeah. It's more like they're you know they're listening to stuff on their commutes or at work. You're kind of like it's a great way to get through a certain thing in the day. Like yeah. when they people go out to a comedy. Club, oh yeah, when they go out to a comedy. They're just like club. this guy's being preachy or he's doing this or that. Yeah. Um, but I mean you know there are guys like that, and then there are, you know story storytelling's big in comedy now. Bill Cosby's been doing that for forty fucking years. Yeah. There's a lot of older guys like Robert Klein influenced a lot of people. Yeah. He did a lot of social political stuff. Carlin around. Carlin is another one. Yep. Uh, Lenny Bruce, mm-hmm. who wasn't like, you know, really f- hilarious from beginning to the end of records, but he was doing shit nobody else was doing. Yeah. Um, so if you like comedy, there's there's stuff like that out there. But 
when a guy like Robin Williams goes, you know, you see, you see like all these albums that he used to have people start talking about again. And you're like, man, I haven't listened to those in like 15 fucking years. And a few yeah. I never heard of, heard at all. And like, I do this for a living. And yeah. there's, you know, certain things that I'm like, I need to like at least have heard that. Yeah. Because he like, you know, he was like one of the best. Dude was, dude goes into the group. He's like Chaplin and Jerry Lewis and Buster Keaton. Yeah, he's and like, he was a living legend. He goes into that group. Yeah. That's a pretty small fucking group. It really is. <laughs> it's Lucille Ball. I mean, that's a it's very prior. There is oh, yeah. very, you know, he's in that group. Like he, he helped. He helped build the comedy store. He helped. He kept open. He helped keep open the improv, the comedy store. Like he helped build those places. Yeah. He wasn't just a comedian. That yeah, dude you was. Forget like how big of a of a an impact he had on like comedy. Yeah. He was a, he was a star. Yeah. Like a real. I mean, stand up, uh, television, movies. He won an Academy Award. Like yep. he, you know. There um, weren't there there weren't and won't be many dudes like that. Yeah. He's, you know. Did you ever meet him? Yeah, at the store. Yeah. You know? Um, Super nice dude. Yeah. I worked with him once in Fairfield, California, which is like some shitty nowhere town. I was with Bobcat Goldthwaite. I was opening for him, and then he was there with him. Yeah. Not like hanging out, but like he lives up in the Bay Area, and Fairfield's like like 40 minutes north of, of San Francisco. Yeah. So we're playing this shitty little club called Pepper Bellies. It was it's the only thing in town. Like even the only bar in town is connected to the, the club. Right. So that's the kind of place. So it's just, you know, rundown and shitty and like um and then so like Bobcat goes, Hey, Robin's gonna come down probably on Saturday and like maybe go up and I was like, You no way. <laughs> and that's the first time I'd ever met him or seen him. I'd never yeah. it's before he like started going to the store and I was like what and I'm like this is going to be crazy if this happens and then he came down and then I went up and then oh, it was an opener and then I went up and then Bobcat went up and then he brought up Robin Williams Yeah. and that place went fucking bananas that's what when people saw that man's face on a stage they just thought oh my god we're about to be made so happy because that guy just showed up and especially there because like you're sitting there like you can hear their reaction because they love bobcat so they were already like wow this this guy is like amazing we've we've you know he's been on our tvs for like you know 20 years and then they see robin williams like this is like the greatest night of our life yeah and it had to have been because they live in fairfield california like what (laughs) else is happening just i think anywhere when you there's that's what's so great is someone when you saw that person you were like i know i i know i'm going to laugh so hard now yeah that's so amazing that you know he was able to mean that to that many people you're like i'm about to be happy because that guy's here but the cool part for me was like sit like i sat there in the back and it was even like he actually I met him after I got off stage before yeah. he went on. He said like really nice things, which is like you've never heard a person who's met him say anything negative. They're always like he was so complimentary and nice and supportive yeah. and gave me advice and all this stuff and he was he was all of that, which was very cool. But like the coolest part was sitting there in that room and watching him go out. I'd never seen him perform and it was like I felt like I was like part of the crowd. I was like yeah. I felt like I was like a kid watching a comedian like I felt like I was back at that age where I was like 
watching comedy like it was the thing I wanted to do mm-hmm. and like this is one of the people that's like inspiring me to do it. Yeah. It was really weird. That's I mean that's how good he was is no matter how long you've been at it you could still be inspired by someone like that by him because yeah. he was so good that at any level you were still you watched that guy and you're just like well shit that guy's still on some other level shit. Yeah, it was and just the impact like he had on that crowd was like we are watching a guy we've Mm-hmm. you know seen our entire lives and here he is in person we can't fucking believe it yeah. oh my god i mean it was it was it was really great and i don't even i don't remember any of the material he did or any, it was just the feeling in that room yeah like i felt like a teenager again watching comedy on tv wherever i could find it and going like i want to do this yeah like these guys are like made of magic yep. you know some of these guys he was a magical dude um so yeah i mean Listen to all those old guys. Like, you know, people that listen to podcasts are usually comedy supporters, which is great. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's important that these guys are like, you know, you listen to their albums and, like, you go see them live and shit like that. Find out your fa- find out the comedy comedians you're a fan of and find out their, the people they're a fan of, their influences. Look yeah. up those people. Support those people, too. Yeah, there's a lot of good comedy out there. It's, like, better than ever now. It's, yeah. like... There's more comedy out there and like a lot of really good yeah. stuff. And a lot of these guys are doing either big tours or small tours. But like they come through cities and they want to come through more, I'm sure, the ones that can't. Yeah, go see um, those people. So yeah, go support them and Don't go to the stupid movies. <laughs> yeah. And even, you know, saying nice things. Like a lot yeah. of a lot of comics like love when they hear like, Whoa, some guy in the city I've never been to just told me I was funny. Yeah. That's like a that's a feeling you couldn't have like no. 10 or 12 years ago if you weren't like a touring comic and like on TV a bunch. You were just like, well, hopefully I can perform in Toronto one day. Yeah. But now some people can like email you or tweet at you going, hey, I listened to your like podcast, your album, and like it gives you like a sense of, a sense of hope if you're like a younger comic. Yeah. Exactly. It's got to be cool starting comedy now. Yeah. You All know? that damn approval. No shit. <laughs> um, Anyway, so I felt like Robin Williams had to be mentioned. Yeah, it's weird not to. It's been fucking, it's been a weird week with that, man. Yeah, it has. Um, Anyway, sorry to bring it down. It's not down. Guys, just is. um, Supporters, listeners, fans. Uh, We appreciate you guys listening to us and uh, enjoy this episode with the super funny, the super original, the super talented Mr. Jeff Richards. Time to hit your mark. Are you ready? something for real i feel like yeah shouting it out is like i feel like i feel accountable to that shit yeah because people like will i mean they'll listen to you yeah if someone looks at it and they're like that's garbage that means i can never shout out anything ever again i can't Mm -hmm. you like take away your ability to recommend stuff 
Yeah, if you recommend too much or recommend yeah. things that like just you know suck or that yeah, you don't can't line be constantly your... being like check out this person, check out this, check out this, check out this, check out this. Mm-hmm. No, it has to be like I want to think. I mean, I'm probably overestimating, but I want to think the people that follow me would take something serious if I said like this is really good. Watch it. Mm-hmm. I want to. I like the idea that they would believe me. I like that you do that. I do that, and most people don't do that. Most people don't recommend other people's stuff when really it's like you know variety is the spice of life you know? i also d- genuinely think it makes like either having a twitter and instagram or whatever actually kind of more interesting you're not just going there for the same reason if you're like oh and every once in a while they'll post a thing that's cool well it gives your like your social media identity or whatever the f- i hate that term <laughs> your or brand your presence or yeah or whatever you want to call it it gives it more of a three-dimensional thing instead of like here's just jokes every day it's like, here's stuff I'm into, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. If it's other comedians or, hey, this movie or, hey, this band or, hey, this food or, hey, this whatever, people engage with you more. They're, like, they're more likely to like, probably laugh at something related to that if they well, know you Well, they believe you. It. It's like, you yeah. know, if, you, if, you're to, if someone wants to say, how good are you? And then you could say whatever you want, you know. But if it's like, how good is somebody else? Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's nice to be here. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to have you here. Yeah, man. I start off with thought just thinking I'm going to get to a thought and then I hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes it doesn't. I don't get that. Right. How, know, did, how did you decide to start? Because I saw you like maybe two years ago at uh, that Russian bar. Uh, Lubitsch. Lubitsch. And you were doing, you had a band, you were doing songs. Yeah. And I remember thinking it was, I remember I went up to you afterwards. I was like, this is really good. You should keep doing this. Yeah. But then at that time, were you like, I, what did you think to yourself? This is really good. I should keep doing this. Were you like, oh, we're just kind of fucking around and doing little things. Like, when did it become a thing where you're like, I should do this more and make songs? I had so many hit and miss shows. And I think a lot of that, you know, doing music, a lot of hit and miss shows because, you know, these for stand up, this isn't really stand up comedy no. songs these are like you know they're not jokey there's no there's not a lot of jokes in them but as a whole thing i think they're kind of weird and fun and yeah and stuff so i would go do like lubitsch was great but like if i was to do like the improv it would be a little dicey yeah you know you know or like the comedy store it depends what room you're in with a guitarist so that's how i started doing it with a guitarist uh, but as you've heard a lot of these songs, none of them have guitars on them. They're all, um, you know, produced music pieces. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I'm doing them without guitar. And uh, I think it's going pretty good. Well, that's the thing. It does, because that's when I, especially Muscle Bitch, I was like, this isn't music. This isn't like guitar comedy. It's not, there aren't jokes. It's not like you play a melody and then here's surprise. There's a curse word. Like there's not, it's not that thing at all. They're not joke songs. They're songs. It's almost like, I'm sure. Have you gotten the comparison that it like is in the world of like Tim and Eric? Yeah. Like it's absurdist and like bizarre and funny and, but it's not like here is like, here's a song with lyrics and there's punchlines and it's a parody. Yeah. It's it's almost like find your own punchline. Yeah. You can, and you can, like it for however you want to like it. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be because right here you're supposed to laugh. Um, but I mostly did it because it's just fun and sort of as an experiment. And um, also it seems like you were able to. 
Like I, in a weird way, it's like, well, if you can write songs, and why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Like I can't write a song, so I don't. But if it's like, oh, I know how to do, or I could figure this out. Like, why wouldn't I create more stuff for people to check out? Yeah, I mean, part of your brain goes, well, what's this going to lead to? I mean, right. you know. Uh, but and then the other part's like, well, this is just this is just fun, and I think, as, as opposed to trying to find an audience. I want them to maybe kind of more so find me, mm-hmm. you know. What made you decide one day, because you've been doing stand-up for many years, what made you decide, like, I'm going to shift gears and get into, like, music? and Garage Band was really the thing. Like, I started really? messing around with Garage Band in, like, 05, and uh, I had a lot of fun with that and tried to do some of those songs on stage, but... They were just like one beat, the same beat all the way through the thing. <laughs> yeah. And then like, you know, church bells in the middle or something. You couldn't do anything much with it. I couldn't. Uh, so it's been an interest of yours for a long time then. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. Um, but it wasn't until I met Ben Seward, you know, who did most of the tracks. Um, when he sent me his stuff, I just immediately could think of lyrics for it. So yeah. that was good. I never had that experience before. Um, and, um, you know, the goal is just a music video every two months. Okay. That's it. You know, and and live you, shows. And your first album, when, when did the first album come out? First album came out in, uh, oh five. No. Oh, eight. Oh, okay. eight. And then when I and get that smart, was, yeah, that video came out. That EP came out in, uh, I think 2010. Okay. Um, and yeah that was uh then it it just got more more they just got to be more like songs right because you would arrange them with you know verse chorus verse and then bridge everything you needed in a song Mm -hmm. but then sometimes like because i just want the songs to be short i'll be like oh i kind of got my point across in a couple couple lyrics got the chorus it's a long chorus so they got the point just get out a minute 30 in i think that's what's good with these kind of songs too is like just they just need to be like a bit of a flash they don't need to go on and on and on nobody right. wants to listen to that like a seven minute long yeah yeah they're like internet friendly but i did do one song uh, i cry at wedding song is like goes on too long but kind of on purpose <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, 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 it's just over it's just right super dramatic i that's there is that thing where like even when i'll see guitar comics so sometimes there'll just be an extra chorus, and you're like, we already heard this chorus, but you're just writing it. There always seems to be that like awkward where you can tell they just want to write a song, but they don't. They haven't made the decision to make just a song, so they're still attaching it to like a joke structure. But there's you can see that inside them, they're like, no, they just really want to be up there making a song. Yeah, but it is like you're saying, it's hard to find the right audience who's wants to just hear that song. Or is open to reacting to it correctly. You know, and then the other thing, too, is it's not just the song. It's, it's, it's all your uh, physicalities that you're doing up there. You know, just, you know, my arm doesn't bend like it used to. I screwed my arm up, so I can't really do what I used to do with dancing. I know that sounds <laughs> ridiculous, <laughs> but it really is limiting a little bit. Yeah. So I just kind of do jazz hands. Right. And just these ridiculous things that I only do because I can only do them, you know. <laughs> but it like works strangely. It does work because it's like just full on commitment, full on commitment all the way through. Mm-hmm. I will make this song work despite you. 
yeah. attitude. Yeah, that's the thing is I almost think your will is stronger than theirs. Yeah. So if you're committed to it hard enough, in a weird way, they're going to be like, well, he's really doing this. So either we're missing it or we should get on board with this. You've also been doing comedy long enough to where commitment is not... Yeah. There's no stage fright. There's yeah. no like, oh, should I take a risk? It's like, fuck this. I'm only, gonna, I want to do this. The only time that I had a really recent times that was just really tough where I was just like, this is really tough. I was literally taking uh, deep breaths in the middle of the set. It was uh, the improv comedy juice night oh, wow. before the show started. Uh-huh. I went out there and it was loud. They're still getting seated and... And that's where you, you as, a, as a comic go, I read the situation and I read it as impossible. Yeah. <laughs> so now my, my degree of difficulty is out the window yeah. because it doesn't exist. There's nothing. This is so impossible. You can't do crowd work. You literally have to sing your song. Yeah. Which I think a lot of performance really just comes down to who your audience is and where they are and how can you get there and perform in front of them. Uh-huh. Uh, I imagine with bands, though, with musicians, it's a lot like that, where you go up to a noisy room, and then you just start playing and yeah. hope that they're like, oh, we like this, and then they're going to slowly simmer down and start listening. Yeah. Because comedy demands a different thing. Comedy's like, hey, everyone, shut up. The show's about to start. Yeah, if so you don't words. shut up, I'll yell at you directly yeah, there's on a, a There's a guy level. that goes, attention, everyone, turn yeah. off your devices, face forward, listen. As we're music, it's just like... Oh, I hear instruments, and then people, like, you just kind of win them over with, with the music. And you can't talk, like, what was good, like, the other night I did the OR for the first time with just songs. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan to do it. I just went up singing the first song. You had a great spot, too, like, middle of the show. I had a good show, yeah, a yeah. Good, uh, good spot. And um, I just went up, and I just started with a song, thinking I'm just going to do a song, and then go into some stand-up, and then maybe close with a song. And the first one went, went so well that I just I had to keep doing songs. Yeah. And it was a great feeling, and I felt like it was a, kind of a breakthrough thing because mm-hmm. it was the first time where it was just me singing, and uh, this is ridiculous. This sounds ridiculous. <laughs> no, but... Uh, yeah, not a, dude, you but know also, if you think about that room... right now? That you. Origin- you're the only guy. Yeah. The original room? Like, that's great. Like, that's not a room that gives anyone a fucking break. Literally, that room is mad at you for being fake. Like, you can't... I've seen people try so many times with like a crowd that's maybe small, not that great. They try. They go, "Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll go up there and I'll and I'll just give them the show." And people are like, "You're full of shit." So like, the, if you went up, that means like what you, they had the sense of what you're doing was like super genuine. Yeah. And I mean, you're saying it was. You only plan on doing one, and then it went so well. You were like, "Oh fuck, I get to keep." Well, going. I knew I couldn't follow that song with jokes. I knew how well it did. It didn't. It wasn't um, like through the roof or anything, but it was like it was good enough to where like I couldn't follow it with an impression or, or anything like that. You know, it's probably like so good that they assumed that's what the whole thing. Yeah, this was is what be. he does. Like, oh, yeah. this is what this guy does. Yeah, like why is he doing jokes all of a sudden? Yeah, that's a good. That's like a one a feeling where you're like, oh, this is working. That must be sort of weird as a comic though, because you have a full blown stand up act to fall back on at any time you want. Yeah, that in a weird way you can. You can sort of bail on anything you're doing at any time. Like, if at any point the song's not going well, you can just dip back into your act. Yeah. I mean, you can. I, I, I don't know. It's something I'm all still experimenting with. It's yeah. just, it's still like figuring it out as yeah. I go. But I realized most of it, because most of how I always wrote, wrote material was just to go up there, have a bit of an idea. 
and work the rest out. And if you fail, so what? You fail. People already know you're taking a chance. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you're not failing with your same material, you know? So, uh, and I needed a break too from, you know, I was supposed to do a special last year and I was sort of talked out of doing it and waiting a little bit. And, um, and so this is a good, this is fun. It's fun. So what was the first moment where you're like, this is working. I'm going to commit to this and really like, Two song, a song every two months. Uh, this well, is like my thing now. I knew I had, I knew from what everybody told me uh, has told me about uh, getting followings, getting bigger followings. It's just that consistency that yeah. is like they can count on you doing this thing every certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew I had enough songs. I mean, I've got like probably eight songs that I could make into videos um, that I knew that. I could do that for a while. Yeah. Going every two months. And I think two months is good because it's like you could do once a month, but you got to let, I think it's good to let the steam completely die out of the last song. Yeah. Um, but I just heard last night that one of these guys was, uh, said he played my songs at a strip club for the strippers. <laughs> muscle bitch. <laughs> so they were dancing to the muscle bitch. Which That's I mean, amazing. muscle bitch is a... <laughs> danceable song it's a standalone like it's a song there's nothing like gimmicky it's it like there's like it reminds you of certain like styles or something you're like oh yeah this is a dance song like it doesn't feel it feels like absurdist but it's not like jokey no no i i would i i never wanted it to be joke song so i i completely write against that you know like the most i'll say is something like balls in your mouth but it'll Mm -hmm. come you know, it, it, the funniest part of Muscle Bitch really to me is either, make so. sure to stick the smile. Stick the smile. Stick like the this. smile. Like that made me laugh out loud when I watched oh, it. Thanks. But the, also the way that you sing, like the the you use a voice that reminds me of like it, there's an '80s that like the was it the mu- Erasure? Yeah, Erasure. Pet Shop Boys. Pet Shop Boys. That's the thing. It it's super like listenable. Like I was like, oh, this is just like a this is a song song. So yeah, do you have like? musical influences for this are there people where you're I like i dip into oddly enough i dip into like the pixies sometimes when i sing these out loud i'd sing them very different than how they're recorded that's uh-huh. what your first perform i remember actually i think i maybe said that to you when i saw you at bar lubich was i was like this is like the pixies to me it reminded me of the pixies yeah not like you were ripping them off but i was like this feels like that sort of like it's that slow quiet slow like or sl- uh, quiet loud quiet loud quiet loud and sort of like raw but like a big sound it was like that is that like your big influence kind of or the the one you feel like you get that you draw on the most yeah i think well it depends but i there are parts where i'm doing and every song i'm doing the same kind of things but like it's almost like you know when will ferrell would get mad on saturday Live, or when he gets really angry it's really funny but it doesn't come off like scary like some people do the angry thing as a comedian and it's kind of scary a little bit because yeah. it's like you can tell that's kind of how they are for real yeah <laughs> uh that's how this is sort of like it's like that frank black thing where it's like he'd go you know <laughs> you know that sort of yeah. thing yeah uh you know just out of nowhere these these uh uh shouts and uh guttural reactions that when i I've every time I listen to Pixies, I find they almost get weirder as time goes on. Where it was like, who told you this was okay at the time? Probably like, Devo. 
<laughs> I get. I mean, I guess. Like, but these like, guys were onto something. Let's but it's just like he'll bit. do weird things like that that are completely out of nowhere yeah. and seem to be in reference to nothing. And you're just like, dude, what the fuck, man? But it's super catchy. Yeah, mm. and it somehow all cohesively works. It's like this beautiful mess. Yeah, that is cohesive. But it's you listen to it, you're like, how did you decide? Like, I hear it cohesively because it. They gave it to me in a finished form. Mm-hmm. But how do you like pitch that as an idea? Like, no, this part right after your solo, that's just going to be you going, bing, bing. I'm going to go, ha, 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 ha. You're like, how did the, those songwriting sessions work? They must, it seems so strange to me. That's what I'm curious about, like how you kind of, your process works when you're writing a song like Muscle Bitch. I'm only as good as the tracks. Like if I don't, if, I can't hear a track. If I can't make up a song to a track, that's the end of the track for me. So it's music first, then you... Music first, and, okay. and I don't get these... You know, they don't, it's not like they give me a million of these. Right. They, you know, they'll send me a few when they're done, but, um, and then I look over them. But, you know, I don't know. It's just uh, just trying to get one step ahead. Like, I just... Writing this song right now, that's the first song I came up with. Is a song I'm still working on. I just have the chorus. Uh-huh. And it's in that same vein of like the Erasure or the Pet Shop Boys. Mm-hmm. Discotech. <laughs> discotech. This is a song from a discotech. <laughs> that's so perfect. You know? <laughs> yeah. But that's my thing. It's like, I love the Pet Shop Boys. I love the new yeah. wave stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was also like big and weird. But yeah, they have a song like where they, they would just get like focused on a word and say it like over and over again or like and with that bizarre delivery it was just so like linda let's not sound like anything else yeah you hear that with like the talking heads and devo and bands like that like let no we're going to sound different yeah and that's what's like even and that's thing you have a weird skill set you can do lots of stuff you have like a, a ton of voice stuff is it do you find it like hard to pick no, I just do whatever whatever sounds right on stage. You know, yeah. whatever sounds right, wherever the vibe is. But I mean, you make these you make free. these songs kind of in your house. Do you have? Do you tend to like think like, okay, I know this. I like this here. This weird thing I'm doing here in my room. But like, how's it gonna? Do you have? Do you think like, okay, how's this gonna work on stage? I just try to make it catchy and fun and a little bit unpredictable. A little bit of a surprise in there, mm-hmm. um, and then just just let it be like however long it is. Just let it be that little piece of weirdness, you know. Like like it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be a real song because these aren't necessarily real songs, right? You know? So I have that luxury of not have to be. I don't have to be accountable for oh that doesn't sound you know perfect or whatever. Right. So it's like you know I don't know I don't know. It's just uh, I don't know. I don't know what like, like the discotech song, for instance. The discotech song is like, it's a dance song. I think the best songs are dance songs. Okay. Because they're the songs that I, will, I think will do best in front of a crowd, uh, like a comedy audience. Yeah. Just because they're like what catchier, or just get people like they get people a little more fired up. Like if I'm singing like, just more of a a ballad type thing yeah 
By the way, I don't even know what ballad means, <laughs> but I'm going to just say that. <laughs> if I'm singing a ballad, I don't know, man. How, that's the thing I was trying to... I'm now thinking of like you what have to a, write ballad. a ballad now. You have to write a ballad. You have yeah. to write a ballad well, now. Well, first I got to look it up what a ballad is. <laughs> you got to close with a ballad, clearly. <laughs> I mean, because the only use for like doing a ballad in and amongst what you're already doing would be to like completely weird them out. Well, yeah, and, and why not do that? And it's kind of weird because I feel a little bit bad. Like if I end up just doing the solo stuff, just being up there by myself, like my friend John Sanders, who's like really good guitar player and does some of the beats and stuff. Um, I'll feel bad because I do like doing that acoustic thing, mm-hmm. but you can't have somebody wait in the wings for you to do acoustic. You're just for, hanging you can't out. have a dude like standing for, next and, to you. And you're just going to bring the crowd down, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But in a 15-minute set, you might as well just stay high the whole time. Yeah. You know, because if you're doing 45, which I'm not ready to do 45. but Yeah, but eventually if you did, that's where you would have, you know. You could add some of that. You stuff. could add some other people. Yeah. It's so different to me than telling jokes. Because you can't, you can't bail out on a song that has like a track. No, and if you do make a mistake, you've made a mistake. And it's super obvious. Well, the good thing about... I've done that before where I just like... Which I think is... I've gotten laughs off at how I've screwed up songs before because it would be, I'd be singing the song and then I'd, I'd screw up and I'd just go, fuck! <laughs> I go, let's do the next one. <laughs> which I think maybe is funny. <laughs> I mean, I think people are so over things being like overpackaged and like overfinished yeah. and overproduced. The notion that they get to see something that's like that they like and also they're witnessing it happening as it's happening. Like, no, this song is like someone's like, I wrote this song today. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> if I like it and you wrote it today, I'm like, dude, that was fucking sweet. <laughs> but if you're like like, nah, I didn't I didn't finish it though, so we're gonna stop in the middle. I'm like, fair enough. Yeah, I mean I think I think honesty's really becoming uh even more important and it's like a requirement um, i can't imagine seeing someone on stage doing like you know that kind of like i'm trying to get a sitcom style performance yeah it's too rehearsed people aren't like especially in like an environment where there's like say 10 or 11 comics so many comics aren't doing that that if you go up and do it it stands out as like very very fake rehearsed and everything and then when you see something like way out there that you haven't seen, you're almost more interested from the get-go. What's like, like what when you went up and started doing a song, they'd probably seen like seven comics just going like, "So my girlfriend this and like I live I'm from there, my parents are like that." Right. And then you go do a song, people are like, "Oh, that's yeah. different." Just yeah. by virtue. And it's of being also different. even different within the world of music cuz it's not like there's a guy playing a guitar and you're doing like verse chorus verse bridge chorus chorus. Well, it's like, it, it, too, it's like the only people that sing songs w- without a band yeah. uh, <laughs> are, like, are like Britney Spears and like okay. these people. To be fair, that's how Andy are WK started. Oh, he really? had no band. He'd play with a boombox. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, besides him, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you, they're used to like a woman doing it. So it's like, or a guy, but like usually a woman, a pop star, a young pop star. So it's like to go up there and uh, and have the tracks. It's gonna be I'm gonna be off to a dr- a, a great degree anyway because yeah, exactly, yeah. I'm overweight. <laughs> I don't look great. <laughs> uh, I have great skin, but that's you know. Yeah. Uh, but you know, so it's like they don't know what to really think. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. That's almost Then like, you can like, f- tell them what to think. It's you, an advantage, yeah. yeah. Can you, you have them you, under your spell. Are you thinking about maybe getting like a headset? Mike, I'm thinking about getting a fi- uh, just a headset mic and still using the regular mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah both great. is great. You know, that both would be, be great. great. <laughs> Absolutely. I could try to use it and have it be out, and then have to use the other one. Yeah, yeah. you tap it a few times and it doesn't work. Um, so you're getting notoriety already for this. Like this is working. You're getting some, yeah, yeah. You're getting hits on the internet. Comics come up to me and tell me, like the first video I saw was Jason Tebow. It was like, you got to see this, and then texted me a link to it. And then just comics will come up and be like, have you seen what Richards is doing? And now it's like you have um, Huff posted an article on you. Yeah. Like, a, not a, even just like a, a mention. It was like a thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, how did that happen? Did they see you live, or, uh, or did someone send this to them? I, I knew... I met the one reporter for the LA Weekly. I met the one reporter at the Improv, and she just said, "What are you working on?" And I said, "And I had I wasn't really working on anything, <laughs> but I knew in my mind I wanted to have a greatest hits album. <laughs> so I just said, um, greatest hits album. I'm working on a greatest hits album.'" And she goes, "Well, let me know when it's done." And I send me some tracks. So I send her some tracks, and I'm like, "Shit, now I got to finish this album, <laughs> and I've only got f- four months." So Eric Schwartz, who's great, you know Eric Schwartz. Yeah, yeah. He Smoothie. recorded the tracks. Oh no, he uh, he mixed the tracks. Yeah, he recorded the vocals and he mixed the tracks. Uh, and Ben Seward did too. Um, but um, and then uh, finished it and then turned it into her. And then uh, along the way, I a friend of a friend uh, introduced me to a Huffington Post writer, and um, then he wrote it, wrote an article about that. Which was which was a good one because he talked about all the songs and he just kind of broke everything down and yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And then what difference after that article came out did you notice? I mean, a lot more downloads. I mean, this album is free, so oh wow, that's great. Yeah, where where do we get it? You can get it. Uh, we uh, meaning the my website, Tasty it, Jeff, yeah. anywhere okay. you get music, and then you can buy it if you want it on iTunes. Okay. And then is it on like Spotify and and those things too, like the streaming services? It, yeah, I think so. Okay. Any, anywhere, yeah. So tastyjeff.com. Yeah. And you can just download it. For, why did you decide free as opposed to like, let's just make it at well, least five, five bucks is the common model I now? No, and or? then nobody downloads it. And okay. then you don't get new fans, I think. Yeah. Because it's like, how much money do you really make on an album? I mean, you're doing well. Yours is... It just, I mean, I don't know, maybe... What are you at? Number 12 or something, right? Number, I don't know. I didn't check today, but it was last night. It was number 10. It's amazing. It was top five for a couple of days. Yeah. And now it's, it's bound. I don't know what the fuck iTunes does with their charting, but it'll be like five, eight, six, five, nine, eleven, five, four. It just well, bounces around. Well, yeah. Downloads bounce around too. How many downloads? I get, but I've heard it's like ratings and reviews. I know, that's oh, a whole it is. Other thing. It's everything. But yeah. It's like a bunch of different things that go into it. Oh, I thought it was just downloads. No, no. Oh, okay. Um, it's really bizarre, but that's great. Yeah, it's. I mean, it feels good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, eventually, I think you're right. Like you, you notice a point where you're like, okay, I'm not Weird Al or Jim Gaffigan, so it's not just going to keep selling tons of copies. So yeah, you make it free, and just I just want everyone to hear it at this yeah, point. Yeah, and my thing is, I just want people to go to the live shows and uh-huh. build a following from there, and and right. all that. Uh, but. You know, I just 
more people listening to it, awareness, mm-hmm. videos. I mean, really, I got into this, all of this, to make videos, to make music videos. I love making music videos. Huh. Like, do you do them now? Like, this- I never thought I would do any of this stuff live. Yeah. Oh, you really? Just no, to make music I never, videos. I never thought I'd do any of these live. Oh, so the original idea was like, let's make videos. Make videos, yeah. Interesting. And then people would just, you'd figure, oh, you see these videos and then come see my stand-up. Yeah, or just, yeah, get, yeah, it's almost like a, like a little bit of like a, a you know, a, a business card for your, yeah, for your stand-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, when it comes to making the video, like, is it, do you have those skills, like editing and like doing all that stuff, or do you have like a friend do that? Oh, I get usually different people for every video, so it's a different process. Like uh, Ron, oh. Ron Eigen directed the Muscle Bitch video, so he did everything. Mm-hmm. And we shot it at green screen for like a few hours, and that was it for that one. This is a real simple one. Yeah. But like... Did you do the casting? Because Boon Chakalaka's in it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's supposed to be a female bodybuilder. Oh, really? Yeah, and I couldn't get a female bodybuilder, and then I found there was one I could get, and she was expensive. And then I was just what thinking. What did she want? For, how much does a female buy? $500. I mean, that's For just a couple nothing. of hours? Uh, I mean, yeah. And then I thought, and then she just had a grumpy feel to her that I just thought, she's not going to do what I want. Like, if I wanted to squeeze a to- thing of toothpaste, she's not probably going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just feel like. She'd probably be really worried you're making fun of her. 100%. Oh, yeah. 100%. And you, you want to, the thing is, you want them to be really greased up and doing a lot of flexing. And you want them to be thick. You want them to, to really take. To do probably everything that they don't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to get all lubed up, you know what I mean? Yeah, lubed up on a random day when they weren't planning on being lubed up. Yeah. Yeah, I already showered. The Boone choice was awesome. Yeah. It was funny. Boone was a good move and... Yeah. He did a good job. He was great. He looks good on camera, which How is was what? Boone to work with? Because I feel like at the comedy store... We all dream of using Boone in something. For something. He's a part of our comedy lives... But what is it like actually working with Boone when you have to be like, hey, Boone, show up at this time? Well, yeah, show up means because he doesn't have a cell phone. So meet me at McDonald's <laughs> at like 10 o'clock, which is like he doesn't have a the car whole shoot is, revolves around him. So what if yeah. he didn't show up? He was there. I picked him up. He's like, we got to get some clothes in uh, Riverside. So we had to drive to Riverside. Wait, he said we got to get some clothes in Riverside? Well, I knew we had to go to the storage unit and get... Okay. You know, the spandex and whatever. So, Boone, we now know Boone has a storage unit in Everyone Riverside. Which, by oh, the I way, when that. you walk into it, it's like a antique store. It's laid out amazing. There's two aisles. For real? Yeah, and he knows where everything is. I was like, do you have any headbands? He's like, what color you want? And he pop, plops down a bag of all headbands. Like, he completely organized. What the hell? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> How is he getting back and forth to Riverside to get inside a store? I heard he just takes the bus. Like okay. or not the but like five buses or something. He takes his network. Of so he that's where so, so that's his business base. That's his livelihood is selling the things that are in that storage unit. I don't know because you know storage units aren't cheap. They're ninety bucks a month at least. There's got to be long term rates though. You think? Uh, I don't know. And, and they all, get ra- they raise two them. Of them. What? He's got two of them. Okay. How what big the are they? Fuck. <laughs> First off, I think it's very very possible this guy's not even homeless. There's no way he's homeless. No, no. I, I've never thought he's full-blown sleeping on the street homeless. No, he never smells. Nope, he's, he's very clean. Got, he's got weird clothes, but they look clean. They're always yeah. white. Yeah, he's never dirty. No, ever. he's never dirty. His hair is always done. And he doesn't ever look like he's weak and starving. He's very nope. skinny, but he's never like, oh, it's like, oh, this guy needs food. Yeah. He's always got his shit together. Yeah. 
but he's just fucking weird. He's this eccentric, weird. Yeah. And he's always got like a, a bag or a cart full of new shit every day he's selling for a dollar. Some of it's not even bad shit. Some of it's good yeah, some shit. of it's like you're like, where'd you get this? Good like you're Jackson. worried he when stole When Michael Jackson it. died, they were overpriced, but he had some decent Michael Jackson t-shirts. Yeah, it was he weird. He wanted 50 bucks, but... He, was, he wanted know. 50 bucks for it. Michael Jackson had died that day, and he was like, $50. So he but was then two days really, later, he was like, okay, a dollar. He was really trying to ride <laughs> that death. So it was a shame. Because some of them were legit good, like a legitimate like bad t-shirt. He had like good ones that were obviously old and still in good condition. Yeah, he's a total mystery. <laughs> so when you asked him to do the video, was he like right away, or did you have to like convince no, him? right away. And, did he uh, want money? <laughs> I just said, I'll give you 50 bucks and uh, lunch. Mm-hmm. And he was totally in. And it's the same exact price as a normal extra. Yeah. Featured yeah. background maybe gets a little more, but not on a non-union video shoot. You paid him what he would normally get paid. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he was he, he was great. You know, like I started playing some because I wanted him. He didn't get into my song at all. So <laughs> for him, <laughs> so he's like, "What's this like, shit?" Really? I'm like, "It's like the it? video." Huh? He didn't like it at all. He didn't really like it. And then <laughs> so we, I said, "We'll play something you like." So we were playing Donna Summer. Yeah. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And he's just dancing around. And after the shoot was over, he's like, uh, way after the shoot was over, a couple days later, he's like, did you get the rights for Donna Summer? I go, no, we play the, play this, my song over the video. You know, you know, it's not like the Donna <laughs> Summer. He's like, you better ask. <laughs> you know, so he thought I was, you know. But um, he thought his dancing would be so indicative of that Donna Summer song, people would know, and then you could get sued. Yeah. No, he thought it was really Donna Summer. Yeah, I was using the Donna Summer music. But right. uh, I thought he, he, he was great. It was a lot of fun. And, and I had Jackie Laster in there. You, you see her? Yeah, she's like the wait, a waitress. Wait, she at just this. left the store, though. She doesn't work there anymore. Oh, really? But uh, Which one is she? She's like um, like little kind of blondish, mousy-looking girl, kind of cute. Okay. She's she nice. wear glasses? Uh, maybe sometimes. Okay, yeah. But I guess she quit. Anyone who quits waitressing at the comedy store, you're like, oh, cool. So you're yeah, not you as crazy literally- as you probably thought you were for working here in the You first literally place. admire them. You're like, good. Good for you. Yeah, because they know there's better things out there. Yeah, you figured it and out. They're going to go learned. get that thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, using Boone in a video is great. I feel like a lot of people probably tried or had thought like, oh, it'd be great if we use Boone in something. And then like it didn't... Yeah, you just have to keep it. I mean, with him, it's like keep it real simple, <laughs> real easy. And they should put his name on the wall. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think they should. They should definitely put his name on yeah, the wall. Yeah, they should. They should. Oh, by the way, I know they should put Tommy's name on the wall. Well, okay. not that. He was a part of it. Okay. Uh, Don't okay. put me near any blacks. A lot of people leave. Doesn't the mean they weren't for important. my name to be on it. Yeah. <laughs> but put it in black paint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Um, how do you feel about that? Tommy? Tommy being gone. Oh, it's great. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> and no one even hides it. They just go, oh, it's the great, it was well, the greatest I mean, week. You know, it's like, and then Adam's the new, the, the town coordinator, who's yeah. a good buddy of mine. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's good for me. <laughs> and uh, Everyone's reaction is only in reference to the, what they well, think is what happened to them. I mean, it's, all, it's also great for just breaking up those lineups a little bit. Oh, yeah. Getting other people in there. Um because you were but, there before there was a Tommy. Yeah. So you saw it the way it originally kind of... Yeah. 
And Mitzi used to always, her thing was always like, the show was a variety show. It was always mm. like, you had this guy doing this with the b- bouncing muffins and, <laughs> got, and then a girl. Bouncing muffins. Tim Thomas. Yeah, Tim Thomerson <laughs> doing that horse thing. You know. Uh, Willie Brown and Woody. But Willie you, would have, you would have a variety show. Yeah. And, and I think that makes it uh, good for people. Maybe not quite to that extent. It's not the 80s anymore. But, yeah. but it's good to mix up a show with some random weirdness you know yeah it, ch- it challenges everybody the audience the comedians you're also making it more likely that everyone will leave having seen something they liked because yeah, that's what i've always felt interesting. like interesting like yeah you, one thing is leaving a comedy show going like that was a good comedy show it's kind of what we expected we saw a comedy show but when yeah. people leave going that was funny and then they're like and what was i've never seen that guy that was interesting this a guy did a bunch of like interesting songs we've never seen that at a comedy show like you want people leaving with that shit yeah like, Tommy, if you told him, you're like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing this music now, and it's interesting, and people are liking it, I'd yeah, love to fun. do... He would... He, he would what? I was going to say, he'd probably say, like, wow, it doesn't you know what's fit. so funny about that? Right before he got fired, it might have been a day or two before he got fired, or three or four days, whatever, and he said to me, what have you been doing? I go, oh, the music, it's going real well, and I'm having a lot of fun. He's like, call in next week, I'll get you a spot Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Uh-huh. So I called in Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, and I got a spot Thursday. But that spot was given to me by Adam. Oh, really? But I think he would have. I think he would have given me a spot. Maybe, maybe it's hard to tell. But it with doesn't him. matter because <laughs> he mean? sucked on many other. Yeah, exactly. Levels. Yeah, it would have been that week. He would have been like, yeah. "Here's a spot." And then it could have been three weeks without one because he's I, like, I, I, I don't know. The crowd was weirded out. Since he got weren't. fired, I, I feel like there's less vitriol toward him than I thought there would be. I thought it would be just a real bashing. And people were like, you know, eh. well, the reason why it wasn't is because most people have already gotten that out of their system by fuck him. They were just like, he's fucking, he's the guy. Let's just deal with it. And then when he's gone, it was mostly relief. Mm -hmm. It was just like, all right, we can move on. Like, I didn't think like, oh man, I'm going to get so many more spots. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess it'll be different or not. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think too much will change. No, but but also it's like, you know, when I wasn't getting spots at the store, you know, I pouted about it for a little bit, mm-hmm. but then I was like, well, how do I get in the Laugh Factory, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's and just one club, you know? There's that other place places. Been great to me, so. But it's, have you yeah, done, one Have door. you done the songs there yet? No, I don't feel like that's... Dude, I think it'd be, it could be it could be amazing great, or, or depending on where, depending on when. That place's crowds can really vary. Uh, yeah, I I think I should do it there. I think, but I don't think I'm gonna practice there. No, right. I right. think I'll do it there after when I know I'm like, oh, this this works. Like you test the waters. Yeah, like, at the where you're like, I like Lubitsch. I like Lubitsch. I like that place. It's a great room. Maybe the Echo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of these indie. I don't know if I should go more into the music venues or stay in the comedy. You were saying the comedy, didn't you? Is that what you said? Yeah. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, maybe like music open mics or music like I don't just to do, work shit I don't want to do no? the shows where I know that like we were talking about earlier. It's like, oh, this audience is feels impossible. Uh-huh. I feel what, like open mics. I feel like, like almost you could like open the roast battle or like open Kill Tony. And it's like Jeff's going to do a couple songs up top. Right, like right. that as opposed to making it like then it's like it makes it almost special. Yeah. It's like here's this little special thing. 
Yeah. The, the, to, to before we get on to because like someone who shows up for the roast battle or like kill Tony or a podcast taping is a, of a different mindset. They're almost like more open. They're better listeners. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not just like an average comedy crowd. That yeah, like, usually comedy fans they've heard of stuff. Yeah, so they're but they're more they're just more open to things being different. So it's like oh, but this time we're doing something else before the, before we get to this. Uh, we're, Jeff Rich is going to come and do a couple of his songs. He'll be like oh cool, like as opposed to putting it with people that came maybe to see traditional stand up. Yeah, I think like you know podcast type people rooms like that that Special are open event. to that. Yeah, yeah, I like that making it because you got to. I think it's important to make it feel different don't try to say like oh this is the same as what everyone else is it's like no this is different I'm going to do and put it almost in a special place yeah and i think it's like the comedy national anthem you do it at the beginning and everyone stands and says like no we're doing this thing now we all do this and then we get on with the thing mm-hmm. yeah um I, that's a, those are great suggestions because I, I, I kill tony would be good and the rust battle would be great they're pretty good they're it's got to be i, I only want to really do it's something with new year new year's resolution uh-huh. New Year's resolution. <laughs> uh, you it know, year resolution. Mid year, New it Year's is August summer 8th. resolution. It's August. My 8th. August resolution. August being, we're, we're talking on August eighth. <laughs> is to stop doing shitty rooms just because somebody asked me to do their shitty room. Right, right. I mean, enough of that. I turned down a flappers. And I was just like, I did no, I don't want. Yeah, I turned down shows, and I don't really care because sometimes you're like, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna get. I know I'm not gonna get anything out of this because I'm not. Some of those shitty shows are good because you're like, I just need all the stage time I can get because I just need to learn a bunch of shit. Yeah. But after a while, you're like, I know how to do crowd work. I know how to like babysit fucking drunk people with, by making fun of them. But you're like, I want to work on material. I want to work on songs. I want to work mm-hmm. on whatever. And you're not going to get any of that with people that are at a table talking to each other at a bar gig. People are drunk and not listening. Yeah. It's a pick waste your, of time. You got to pick your battles. Yeah. And, and I, I don't want to like... I don't want to do shows that are just. I didn't. I'm not going to learn anything. I'm not going to grow. These songs aren't going to grow. Yeah, they're already written. They're how they are. Yeah. So now it's like I don't want to put them in waters that are like. Yeah. You know. You want to put troubled. them in a place where they right. belong. Yeah. I don't want to put them in troubled waters. No. Right. I don't want to, unless there's a bridge over those. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a question I have. Are you? I don't know if you have a set plan for this, but. Are you going to work on songs where you're going to like work in impressions that you do as like this character sings a song? I don't Is that something that you I don't know. I mean it's I such I almost want to play the angle of like, oh, he's crazy for real. <laughs> okay, yeah. this isn't a band name and he's not under like, you know, he's not dirt nasty, you know, mm. he doesn't have some name. Mm. He's just insane. He thinks he's a pop star. <laughs> and then take it to Europe. Right. Yeah. Don't know anything about me. They just dude get huge. That fucking band that did where? What does the fox say or whatever? They're just they that song where they just go. What does I think it's just say where does the what does the fox say Uh over and over again? It's you know a a massive worldwide hit that I thought was just like they were. I thought they were a sketch group. Was like no, they just make weird songs. Uh-huh. Like there is a market for this kind of stuff out there in the world. There really is. I so, discovered. Like, just be like, no, I'm Jeff Richards. These are my songs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I discovered a band a few couple months ago, a month ago, called Fart Barf. Mm-hmm. That's an actual name. It's hilarious. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is this madness going to be about? And they dress in insane costumes, and they play like crazy electronica music. But it actually works. 
You're like, oh, these guys know what they're doing, but they're like, hey, we're going to do this, but we're also going to look nuts and have an insane name. I mean, Adult yeah. Swim is It's the answer it? to music that takes itself so seriously. But it's the thing, too. It's like, don't try to fit in because you won't. No, you won't. Yeah. It doesn't work. Trying to fit in, you'll never fit in trying it's like to fit in. when Eddie Izzard yeah. was going to do his special in America, he, he said in an interview, he's like, yeah. People were like, well, you should go. You got to get into the club so comedy fans know what you're doing. He's like, I knew for a fact what I was doing dressed as a transvestite was in no way going to work in a club. So I had, he was like, it was really hard. I had to basically say, no, you need to book me a theater tour. They were like, no one knows who the fuck you are. He was like, no, it has to, because he knew it just wouldn't work in the club. That like, hey, because you needed and how just... How did he get that theater tour? I worked? don't... I mean, he was big in England, so I think he just started oh, like yeah. in one small place, and it was like, well, okay, it worked Probably here. like a 10 city. Yeah. You know, in like Chicago, LA, New York, places where he kind of had fans. Yeah. And then the... And, and, but, a smart move, though, because yeah, if you're playing like crackers and fucking whatever indiana yeah people yeah. are like this dude's dressed like a chick and this goes against all of our values yeah and you know Fuck there's another him. comic yeah. a comic coming up again and you're like oh, no, i'll just heckle him it's like no because you know it's like hit what he was doing is like a one-man show in a weird way and what you're doing is a show it's like a front a beginning to end there are songs so it's different you have it's to treat it art. yeah it's borderline performance. Yeah, and I mean the clubs are, are just a way to get make money and get by. And mm. maybe if you get workshop stuff, enough exposure and enough credits or whatever it is you need, you can sell out, and mm-hmm. that's a thing. And then maybe your fans come to see you, and your fan you can do whatever it's you want. It's not that different from Harmar Superstar. What's that, Scott? You know Harmar? Yeah, I know a little bit of him. He used to open for the Strokes a lot. He makes kind of like it. It sounds like. Kind of funk disco, but the songs are kind of the lyrics are a little absurdist, but they're well made, and it's fun. And he performs in tidy whities. Huh. He's a little bit overweight, kind of balding dude. It's big in the well. The, the looks an interesting thing too because I was like, when I did these songs at the OR a couple of days ago, um, I just wore all black because I want to just keep it like I don't want you to be able to judge anything. Black turtleneck or just black shirt? Black shirt. Okay. Black turtleneck's <laughs> nice. Though. But then I'm thinking, like, the cover art and some other things and other videos, I wore a marching band jacket. Right. Yeah. Which I think is fun because it has that Michael Jackson thing that, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in it's the showy. military. It's showy. But I don't think it's too distracting. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. So maybe I think I'll you can get that. away with that kind of stuff, that kind of, like, Beatles-y, like a cool jacket. Just something different, something that sets you apart. Like, I'm not... A dude in a hoodie up here. Yeah, and I've I'm about to do something a little bit special. Yeah. So I wore a special coat. Yeah. I what other that's... musicians would you like to collaborate with? Oh, Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's not inconceivable you could get Frank Black. He lives in the area. Oh yeah. Well, you know, like Frank Black lives in this area. Yeah. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh cool. I love him. Um, no, I don't know. I I like. The beats that are coming in. I just have to see. <laughs> but one day if you were like... No, but you could sing a duet. You could take the beats you already get and pick a singer to sing a duet with. What's going to happen is one day yeah. you're going to be doing a show you know, at the improv or the store or wherever, or you're going to have like one of your next however four or five videos. They're going to start getting more and more likes and views. And then a musician who's going to be like, dude, I love what this guy's doing. I'm going to 
contact him and work with him. Like, it's who would be, be exciting fucking, to get? It's going to be Dave from? Navarro first yeah, of all. Someone like or like Dave Grohl, someone like, who's like on break from a huge thing. Like, hey man, I'll who just fully make cool you a track. <laughs> who would it be? Yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe he's like Skrillex or something like that. <laughs> that would be amazing. Like yeah, he like seems like the kind stuff. of guy who would like who seeks out that kind of stuff. Like I'm already massive. And he would be like, well, "Oh, I'd love to do a song the with this guy." Craziest thing about all of this <laughs> is it's all about communication. It's like you can yeah. have great well, stuff and it being fun, shit, whatever. But it's like if you come in contact with the right person, you you know. Mm-hmm. It can change your whole thing. Yeah. You get like oh. this stamp of approval from someone like that too. Then all their fans are like, Skrillex said, this guy's a great right. musician. We're fucking downloading his album. And that's when you got to change it from free to like nine ninety nine. <laughs> no, you just, <laughs> all of a sudden you're in bigger event. Then that becomes like, he gives the songs away. He just says, hey, if you could come and see me sometime. Yeah. And then it's a whole nother thing. You're like, no, but you got to see him it's live. It's better live. Only. Yeah, I think much better live. Yeah. It's, uh, what was it, say, Friday? Today's Friday. Today's yeah, Friday the 8th. Next week. This will be up uh, not this Tuesday, but the one after. Yeah. Unless you want it up this Tuesday. No, whatever. You, w- yeah, if you want to do it, that's fine. Okay. Whatever you want. When's your next video coming out? We could uh, line it up. September with. 1st. Okay. So, yeah, the next, the week after that, will be closer to the release of that video. Yeah. So, we'll do it, that. Andy Dick directed that the next one. Oh, nice! Was oh, he in it? Tracking you, white boot uh, shakalaka. Yeah. Okay, cool. He was great. So that's September first, and that you can find that on tastyjeff.com, Correct. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Directed I worked and starring Andy Dick. I worked with Andy Dick once on Two Broke Girls. Uh, my scene did not get used mostly because Andy Dick <laughs> crushed that episode so hard that like every second he was on screen was going to get used like un- they did, I don't think they cut a minute of his performance out he was, he great, was huh? so fucking funny he's yeah. funny and it was I remember standing there with one of the producers because we had a common friend or something and we were both like isn't this great to be reminded of how funny he is to get like all the, all the other shit you just forget and you're like oh yeah he's really really funny and can do a tremendous job like I hope people like we were like, God, I hope more people notice that he can just show up and crush. Yeah, it's like people don't care that rock stars do drugs and you know, right? They come to perform, they do their songs, they're fine, you know. But yeah, I think it's very easy for people to forget how funny people are when they he was fuck so up. he was so good. Like he did such a good and job. and he's still good. I'm actually opening for him tonight. Uh, okay, uh, doing a show. Where at? It's at the Pig and Whistle. Okay. It's they have, you know they have a back room there where they do shows? A back room? It's like, like where a, the darts are and all that? I don't know if there's darts. but well, Hold on. I'm thinking of a different place. I'm thinking of you a, know Pig and Whistle on Hollywood. Sunset? Hollywood. I'm thinking of a whole different place then. I've never been there. Yeah, but they have this back room where they do shows. It's weird. Huh. And it's good? No, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, there's a basement stage a at that Mexican restaurant down the street that I've been to a play at that you, should, you could probably do something at too. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the the big thing with these songs sometimes is like, uh, is is the PA system. Like you get there and they're like, yeah. well, we don't have a CD player. Oh, God. Why do people just take out their CD players? Are they, they're that useless? I wonder. But they don't have a CD player. And then you're like, oh, do you have an iPod? Yeah, here's an iPod. And they kind of... Uh, There's like a cord you can plug in, right? Like yeah. in your phone or whatever. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Yeah, I think they just buy PAs now without them in it because no... 
it's so rare. People are like, oh, I brought music on my CD. What I got to figure out is what to say when they don't get to that next track right away. And it's just dead air. I think, well, you that's stay, when you go. I think it's a spoken word. You stay in whatever the song is. I think you got to stay in that place and be that person. I mean, that's when you have stand talk. Talk. I'll just do an impression or something. Yeah. Well, you got, have you guys seen House of Cards? And if, then you you went go. In, if you went right into an impression of complete non sequitur, people would bug the fuck out. They're also so fucking good. That's the thing. Your impressions are legit. You're a legitimate impressionist. So it was like, at the end of Muscle Bitch, you went right into an impression. They'd be like, what the fuck? This is amazing. Well, have yeah, you I'll watched? just go, this is my impression of Dustin Hoffman as Nick Nolte. <laughs> you don't even need to... Like, how you get into him on stage and says, you go, have you ever noticed how Dustin Hoffman does this? That would be amazing. It would be amazing because then you would change the timbre of it all. Yeah. Yeah. And then That's they would good. be like, well, okay. It would take them, you would literally, you're getting two shows at the same time. They're going, and, you're, and they're like, what is this guy? Is he a quality? Because impressions have been a thing for a very long time. They're one of like, the, you know, the mainstay structural things of stand up comedy. So it's like, okay, this guy has like an old timey skill set. And then we're watching these songs that feel very like odd and new. And then right, it's like he literally goes right into this other thing in between songs. It would be really good. I think you're right. I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll try that tonight. Mm-hmm. Have you seen House of Cards? No. You've not seen House of Cards? No, sorry. Oh, okay. Remember but you told, me, you told Look, me I about... I appreciate what you're doing. What you're doing is right. We will make <laughs> this decision together. Doug, can I get a hot fudge sundae? <laughs> Funny thing about hot fudge sundaes. Never get that hot fudge hot enough. <laughs> it's so perfect. It, I enjoyed it. I've never even seen the show. It's so fucking good. good. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> On we go. <laughs> You're killing Nick. Nick's dying. It's awesome. It's Kevin. I mean, it, you can hear the Kevin Spacey in it, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he's like a southern. You know, Did you do a Kevin Spacey before this? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I did it years ago on SNL. Right. But that's when I started. Right. But yeah, Kevin Spacey never moves his face. I'm not going to move my face. <laughs> I'm going to keep it absolutely positively still. Do you know what I call it? Spacey face. <laughs> Spacey face from Spacey land. You can't go there. <laughs> We're not allowed to go there. You're not allowed to go there. You don't have tickets. You don't get in. You lose. How do you start to unlock somebody? Like find the I thing? don't do that. I, I just see it. You know, I, I don't even see it. I just uh, can do it. You hear it and boom, I absorb it, and then all of a sudden I can kind of do it. Do you, like think, you, you feel like you catch someone's tick almost? Like you were like, Kevin Spacey doesn't move his face. It's my take on it. So right. It's like, you know, you know, like a guy like Bill Burr. It's like the guy just talks in stand-up. Like he is just a natural stand-up. Like everything he does, he, like he just has an angle on everything. I yeah. think I can do that with not all voices, but with the ones I can do. I have an opinion about how I think I want to make him sound. Yeah. To make fun of them. Right, right. So you're almost in a weird way. An impression is like, how, do I, how would I make fun of this person? In like, a way that I... It's almost like playground shit. Like, have you noticed how he does this? Yeah. Like, you see them kind of almost using the same thing too much. Yeah. Like, like, what hey, was the first thing you noticed about Robert Downey Jr.? Like, that was a new one I heard you doing. And then within, like, a week, it was, like, perfect. It's like, he doesn't move his, like... Oh, he just... <laughs> it's like he's swallowing. 
right? <laughs> it's always swallowing and there's always something. And isn't that the most fantastic thing in the world, right? That you could be in like suspended from like reality in like futuristic time. <laughs> in time zones in general, which is like kind of a metaphor for life in general. It's almost like his voice exists only inside his mouth. Like he's not projecting. Everything's moving in and up. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> it must be to be a celebrity. It must be what? It must be like fantastic. You know, it, it, in case in point, like, can anybody tell me about hotel food? It's like you, you order like hotel food and it's like, not that I can't afford it, but it's like 27% tip on the thing. It's like gratuity and then like $5 and like a corking fee. I mean, I ordered eggs. Is that stand up? I've never been able to do an impression in my entire it's life. It's so great. I can only do impressions of other people's impressions. Is that how you learn? Who is the? Did you learn an impression yourself or impressions of someone's impressions? Like, uh, were you like the rest of us? You just ripped off Dana Carvey and for the entire nineties, or or were you a kid and were like, I can make, I can duplicate what my friend Johnny does? I think I just started doing it, and I started doing like, yeah, as Johnny does, or I did my uh, uncle when I was really young. Mm-hmm. He used to swear. He was the only one that swore. So I would just impersonate him swearing because it was right. unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> and you got away with it like That's you didn't cool. get in trouble for swearing. Fucker. But I was clearly doing my uncle. But it just sounded like... But I was young. Yeah. So. Wow. Impressions. It, I really liken it to um, someone who can draw caricatures. I can't. I can kind of. But people who are good at it, it's just an innate sense they have... To where they they see a thing that other people they really do see a thing that other people don't see. It's weird. It's beyond that though, because like some people do see the thing in in a celebrity, whoever they go. Hey, they have that weird. They say this funny or they say pronounce. But then you have to go another step and be able to do the voice. See, I don't that's see it. The, that's I, like the innate gift. I I had to audition as the um, as Dick Cavett. They, they were doing a, a HBO movie and they needed a pl- to play young Dick Cavett. So they brought in all these white dudes who are, are dry. And so I, had, I tried to watch Dick Cavett and kind of learn to do an impression of him. And it wasn't, I was just like close-ish in the, it was more just like the same type of guy. But I was like, where, and I knew there was someone out there that was like, there's a key to this guy and I'm just not finding it because I just don't, I don't hear that way. I wonder if it's a, it's, it's, it's a hearing thing. You don't hear the thing. I don't hear the rhythm right or hear the thing he does over and over again Which or it see is it. The, it is the pattern thing where you look and you go, okay, here's two minutes of this guy. What's he What's he done more than two or three times? Uh-huh. Okay. Like he's touching his, uh, you know, his glasses up to his thing. And, and then it's so you get four or five of these little uh, nuances, uh, character things, traits, whatever. Um, and then you just kind of put them together. But you can't do that for all of them. And no. It, it, you know, and it's like, how do you unlock some of them? You know, like when I do Dustin Hoffman, it's like, I, I don't know. That one took me forever to get perfect right. or not perfect. But you know what I mean? Good for me. Yeah. To where people recognized it. Because there is that moment where someone is doing an, about to do an impression. They go, when do we worry of Dustin Hoffman? They start talking and the crowd almost waits. They go, is it? And then the minute they hear it, they all just go, oh, man. Like they get so excited. They're like he's he did it he found it yeah. like because they hear it all of a sudden it's, it's a like a tuning ma- fork it is a bit of a magic trick yeah it really is it is a little bit because we hear it and when we hear it we're like oh fuck yeah 
He definitely does. And then all of a sudden you see that person differently. You're like, oh, he does talk like that. But we didn't hear it before. So you're kind of showing us a thing for the first time. And that's why I don't like to do ones that everybody's done. Yeah. They go, you should do a McConaughey. And it's like... It's you should I do, can a do a McConaughey. I can do same, a McConaughey. But when people go, you should do McConaughey. It's the same thing as somebody telling me like you should buy Twitter followers. Yeah, right, because right. it's like it does nothing for me like spiritually. Yeah. It's not fun. Uh-huh. It's mechanical. It doesn't mean anything. So it's like if Matt Damon's out there doing McConaughey on late night shows, that means it's not. I mean, everyone can do that. Yeah, it's like Bill Clinton or something. Yeah, there's just those people, Jack Nicholson. There's those people that everyone could do. And that's the hard part now. It's like, well, who do you do now? It's like they pick everybody that's on TV is cute or really cute. And they don't have a real personality necessarily uh-huh. to latch on to to try to figure out how to break that down and do an impression. So it's hard to figure out who to do. Yeah, I've seen people with I've seen people have Seth Rogen's. That guy that's on Two Broke Girls, the guy who plays the Russian guy, he does a lot of impressions, and he had a Seth Rogen that I was like, oh, yeah, yeah he does do that. But isn't it weird? Like, like for me, it's like, if I don't care about the person they're impersonating, yeah. then I don't care. Yeah. So you got to pick, pick, pick ones that people... Uh, have like an emotional have connection. A, have some sort of, like, when I do Letterman for a long time, when I first started doing Letterman, everybody loved it, because Letterman was just... It was, he was coming back from... I mean, this is like... You know, 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. So they loved Letterman, but then, then they fell off of loving him. Other people came in, and and now they kind of love him again. He's about to leave, so now is a good time to do it again. Yeah. So that's weird. I remember when I answered the phones at the comedy store, um, when I first started working there. Your impression of Letterman was the answering machine. Yeah. And I'd hear it all the time, and I was just like, "How what did the it fuck? say? Hey, welcome to the comedy store." <laughs> <laughs> we got three rooms. We got the main room, huh? You know what I'm talking about? You know the the OR. You know what I'm saying? Original. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and of course the belly. Leave a message at the telly. Like I I heard it so much that I forgot you did it, and then just thought it was David Letterman. Like because over the phone too, it just sound it just fucking sounds just like the guy. And eventually the goal must have been like, no, we'll fool people. They weren't like, won't this be great? Everyone oh, yeah, because he never said, hey, I'm Jeff Richards. Yeah. Do it. It just, you just launched into David Letterman <laughs> announcing the shows, and people must be like, whoa. There ne- there'll never be a time when people don't appreciate impressions. It's not a thing that, like, it's one of those things that when you see it, it's like a magic trick. You're like, I can't do that, and so I appreciate it every single time. It's fucking weird to me. Yeah, when I watch right. it, I'm always fascinated by it, because I I, when I see it, I'm just like, dude. I'm yeah. never not a little like, oh, cause I have the same reaction every time where I go, oh, they do do that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see it. It was right there in front of me. It was right there the whole time. Robert Denny Jr. inhaling and up throwing all his words. Do and I have, didn't uh, see shit. Were you going to? Because like when they're new ones, like Downey Jr. is like a new one for me. So You want to practice? I always want to launch into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did I have for lunch? I had a salmon sandwich. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, you know, it's like um, you know, it's like amazing, right? Would did you just have the ceiling redone? Uh, my entire house was rebuilt from top to bottom. That makes two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yours is probably bigger. Can I go to the bathroom. Do we have time? <laughs> yeah, we can pause. <laughs> yeah, I do. Okay, learning. Uh, I know, learning as we go. <laughs> um, where were we? 
Oh, yeah, you were asking if his ceiling was redone. As Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I yeah. had no actual real interest. I just was right. getting right Robert Downey Jr. It does look great, though. It looks perfect. <laughs> I like that you work the impressions out using crowd work and stuff. And you just like ad-lib with them. What are you talking like about? When you do them on stage sometimes. I do? I've seen you do that. With Can you... Is there a set of words? Is there like kind of a set of but like trigger words to each person that you kind of have to stick close to? You mean the, what I say? Yeah. Yeah, I always say basically the same stuff. Right. <laughs> unless, unless something takes me off course and then I'll, I'll make up stuff. Right. I like how there's always food involved. Yeah, I know. It's uh, like, that's the greatest though. I'm just like, it's food, you know. <laughs> well, that's what's food. interesting. Is like a, eating and a celebrity <laughs> doing things that are commonplace. That's what you want to hear. That's what I want to hear. It's just better than like you, the, not you, but like when impressionists just do the lines out of a movie. Ugh. Like you put them in regular everyday situations. Well, it's what we never get to see. We don't know what like it's Kevin like to Spacey, see. Like Kevin Spacey, like being upset about a hot fudge Sunday is so fucking funny. Yeah. Versus like, here's a line from a sh- the show or something. It's you know? like you get to be in his house and he's like talking to the, the woman that <laughs> yeah. works for him. And he's like, can you get the fudge hotter? And she's like, I can't. <laughs> You're like God, that happened in his life. The person that we think so is so fascinating. Well, I met Kevin Spacey years ago, um, maybe over 15 years ago. Oh wow, when I was a young man, <laughs> and he knew it, <laughs> and he yeah, he could tell I was yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, he's like, <clears throat> <laughs> she liked the disco. I was in Florence, Italy. I was in study abroad, and he was at at this discotheque I was at. Discotheque. <laughs> Uh, and he's like, so what do you think of the, what do you think of this discotheque? I don't know if he said that, but <laughs> I said, it's great. It's great to be here. He goes, <clears throat> you know who I am? Then start sucking. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, that is a lot of people's Kevin Spacey story, though. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. He likes, hits, hits on people. He likes to be like, hi, I'm me. Is this going to happen or not? Yeah. I think as a full-blown celebrity, you want you don't want to waste time. So you're like, is my celebrity about to work right now or not? And what happened too was like was like when I met him, we were in a discotheque. That's what they call him there. <clears throat> they, yeah. And uh, this girl came up to me and she's like, "Hey, how you doing?" And she befriended me to bring me back over there. And then as soon as I went over there and I talked to him a little bit, I went to the bathroom and then I told everybody that was there that he was there. Yeah. And they all stormed him and then he left. That's funny. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, there's a story that I've heard secondhand from a show you did like a week ago. Okay. Like it was some some show with like, it was like a charity thing or something like that. That you told like Tebow and some other comics and stuff and they were like, it was the craziest night. You and a few other comedians were doing a show. For charity, or maybe maybe it wasn't charity, but like the mentally handicapped people were involved. Oh, that whole thing, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. haven't heard. Can you tell that sure. story? I have not heard it yet. But well, yeah, I was like, it was like one of the first times I I, I, I um, uh, headlined the Improv on Melrose. Okay, so you know they give you a one night one show, and I I'm sitting at the bar and. All of a sudden, a couple of people come in. And there's hardly anyone in there. It's like maybe 15 people. And all of a sudden, people start really rolling in. And it's like, wow, one group. And I look back, and there's all these different people that are, have special needs, different shapes and sizes, walking in like it was 
you know, off a, it looked like a circus. <laughs> I'm going to say it. It looked like a, a, a musicians in a circus. Mm-hmm. They all come in, they come in, they come in, they come in. And then well, there's like 60 of them. And they're in the crowd and everybody's doing their material. It's going well. And they're a little chatty. You know, they're, you know, special needs. They don't know, necessarily know what's going on. Yeah. And getting laughs. So the show's going pretty good, but they're getting more and more chatty. And then I get up there and really this one guy was kind of chatty. And you just hear him go, duck, duck, like that every now and then. So I go, I go, I go, why just bring this guy up? I should just bring him up here because I don't no know. No way. Yeah, so I said, why don't you come on up? Get up here. Come on up. <laughs> I go up there. He grabs the mic out of my hand and goes, the crowd goes fucking nuts <laughs> through the room. right away. Right away. starts murdering. <laughs> it's his crowd. And he doesn't stop. He keeps going. <laughs> and he's putting his arms up to get him even more riled. And they're going fucking insane. They're going insane. And now I'm thinking, okay, I got to get this microphone back, you know, at some point. <laughs> so I go to kind of reach over to get the mic. He puts his finger up like this. Oh, He's like, not right now, you're not. What? <laughs> and then he keeps going. And uh, he gave me the mic back finally and walked off. And he's still trying to get him to jump up. And uh, and I was like, you know, I just kind of tried to tried to get on with it, tried to figure <laughs> out how to get back in gear with the set I was doing. And then I, I just talked about him. You know, I just said... I go, wasn't he great? Didn't he? <laughs> wasn't he great? Like wasn't he just he did great? 20 minutes of hey, another round real. of applause. Wasn't, wasn't he, great? he great? Guys, <laughs> I go, I know what he said. I don't know if you did, but and, uh, that was that story. <laughs> that is so great. The only thing I ever saw like, was one night at the store during the open mic, there was a rabbi convention that was staying in the hotel next door, and all of them came into the OR huh, during many? the open mic, and there was like 40 rabbis. Whoa! Huh. So and Ari was hosting, oh. and it was like what a coincidence. We literally, yeah, we literally couldn't. None, no one could ignore the fact that the room was suddenly completely packed full of rabbis, and then Ari let one of them go up and do like three minutes, and he fucking destroyed. Really? Well, rabbis are routinely pretty funny. Oh, really? like you can be kind of like a star rabbi, and like you know, you like the and and a lot of them are very funny. And this dude went up and legitimately did as well as anyone else on the lineup. But like everyone, you could not mention it because the most eighty percent of the room was rabbis, and they were a fucking tremendous audience. Wow, great! They were they were literally there to laugh, and everyone was like, oh, I feel weird saying this in front of a rab- all these rabbis. They were like, Oh, go ahead! And like they were excited and like happy to be there. But just like they all came in and they all were dressed exactly the same. They all just cruised in, sat down, and they stayed for like two hours, and then left. It was so it was so. Now that strange. wouldn't happen at the improv, would it? I don't know. You want to know why that wouldn't happen at the improv? Because people aren't misguided enough to go randomly to the improv. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sunset Boulevard's a different Something thing. Something about Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, they're like, I'll still see what's going club. on. Something about the comedy store. It just attracts people that are a little off. Yeah. And the fact that they're open really late. That's when the weirdest people are there after midnight. There, no one says, yeah. you. well, a show just started, but another one. So they go, yeah, come in whenever. It literally started two hours ago. It's going to go for another four. So when it's, it's just like, hey, whenever you want to show up is cool. Yeah. It's just like an open situation. 
<laughs> situation. It's more of a situation. It literally, the commie store is more of a situation than a anything business. else. Yeah, it's yeah. a situation. There are parameters, but it's a situation. <laughs> um, how long have you been at the store? Uh, since '98. And how is it different then than now? Like in 1998. It feels like it feels like it's 1998 again. No way, really. A little bit, yeah. Wow. Feels like there's a lot of hope in the air. Yeah. Anything can happen. Huh. Uh, it feels good. That's. I, I think it's. A, I think it has a, an oddly optimistic vibe. It does. People are doing stuff, and it's like there's enough. There's enough space. Kind of like oh, there's little room here, and this, this, this things are kind of. It just. It's not like. People are doing stuff, so let's all crowd in and get competitive. It's like, no, everyone's kind of just doing stuff. And the other thing, too, is it's like, just because you became a regular doesn't mean you're going to get regular spots the rest of your life. I mean, it just oh, yeah, doesn't yeah. work like that. No. Right. It yeah. moves around. It ebbs and it flows. And people, people either fall off because they aren't doing well, or they make it so they're not around. And, but there's all, there's, all, there's room. Yeah, all the guys that were getting like regular spots and like all the great ones like five, five or six years ago are all like on the road a lot more you only see them like tuesdays and wednesdays because they're like yeah i mean there's like it's like a cycle people gotta get check up a cycle right <laughs> check a cycle yes right? it is mr downey jr isn't it isn't it amazing how it's a cycle it's not even a cycle it's a bicycle uh-huh. it's not a bicycle it's a regular cycle i feel like this impression is contingent on the knowledge that robert downey jr has tricked us into thinking he's smarter than he actually is it, oh, that's maybe the setup yeah he's he's tricked us a little bit to where we, we he's convinced us a little bit that he's a superhero. We're like, no, you're just you're just Robert Downey Jr. You're very good. You're very good. No one's saying you're not very good, but like he's tricked us into being like he's the biggest thing ever. Well, actors are really great at using their charm to look like they're way smarter than they are. Yeah, like they're they can sound more eloquent and Maybe they're really charming people. That's a good setup. And he he dresses and looks interesting and unique, and you're like, oh wow, this guy knows some shit. He but sounds just, so smart. He makes us forget he's wearing he's like high heels. Dumb, but he's no, not no, like he's clearly genius. not dumb. He's clearly not dumb at all. But he can sound like an intellectual. Like you know, you, you're not an actual superhero. But when you watch him, you're like, aren't you? It'd be funny yeah, if right yeah. now someone's like googling him and they're like, he's like a Harvard-educated international, <laughs> probably Juilliard or something yeah. crazy like that. Like the dude is trained. I mean, he's super talented. It's, hard, it's crazy to think he was almost dead like ten or twelve years ago. Yeah. But they found him in a fucking alley, like strung out on heroin. So what, the climb uh, to he was practically house? dead. Yeah. And then now he's like the biggest star in the world. Isn't again. that amazing? <laughs> Isn't it nuts? Has that ever happened? To any, that, not to this degree. Huh? Mickey Rourke? Yeah, but Mickey Rourke uh, isn't nearly as big. And continuously successful. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. has been the highest paid actor every year for like the last five years. It's like in the 50s and 60s of millions. And it's just, it's insane. Per, and, per, per uh, well, when movie? it's when you factor in everything. It's basically yeah. the residuals from things and like a new thing. It's just, he is, he's so successful, like insanely, insanely successful. And when you think about how far he had fallen, he was just in and out of jail. He was like Lindsay Lohan level fuck up. He was a joke, yeah. In and out of jail all the time, getting arrested again. I was like, oh, here we go again. Robert Downey Jr. Is right. he, he had to audition for Iron Man. I know the lady that cast it. He had to go in and read the part on uh, uh, on Larchmont in like a tiny little room. He's one of those guys where when you see him in movies, you're like, man, I'm really glad he got it together. Yeah, yeah I like he's him he's so great. The lady who cast it told me, she goes, yeah, I felt weird telling him he had to read, but he, as soon as he came in, as soon as he did it, we were like, oh, well, there's no one else that's going to get this yeah, job Yeah, he's amazing. Now. And, and you're like, huh, what? It's, but he, 
he, literally no one would hire him because he was such a... It's an insurance risk. Yeah. But Just now, even in Tropic Thunder, that character he played. Yeah. Like, it's amazing on so many levels. He, like, won an Oscar. He was in Weird Science. See, I don't remember that. He was the bully. He's also been around a lot longer than anyone remembers. He was on Saturday Night Live. Him and, and yeah, he was. Anthony that's Michael another Hall. weird thing. He was a cast member. Him and Anthony Michael Hall. I can remember they did one sketch where they just made fart noises. He used to hang out at the store sometimes. Were you? Do you ever see him there, Anthony no. Michael Hall? He would remember. just like come by and hang out, and like sit and watch the show, and just sit in the sit in the back like parking lot area. Yeah, like, and just, like, he loved Ingram. He thought Ingram was like the funniest thing. But he looked so different when he was older that like you're talking to him for like five minutes, and then you're like. This guy seems familiar. He was hanging out at the Laugh Factory, too, because I saw, I saw there was a, a video of him on TMZ. He dropped an N-bomb on the sidewalk. That's weird. Like, being interviewed. Not, like, like an angry one. Just, like, tried to do it, like, hip-hop casual style with an A on the end. It was still like, ah, yeah. you can't do that. <laughs> but, yeah, he was, for some reason, hanging out at all the comedy clubs a lot. Yeah, he heckled get- David Taylor once. I remember David told me. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he is one of the best kid actor, comedy oh, kid dude. actors ever. Yeah. Get it. So funny. Unbelievable. Um, he's unbelievable as a young actor. Because you would think like kids would get too hammy with it and they wouldn't play it straight enough. He was from like the, he was like from Manhattan. He was actually a really cool kid. When he was in 16 Candles, he went, because he didn't know anything about being like a legit nerd. He went and like stayed the night with some of the like the extras that played nerds. That's how cool he was. He, he literally like, didn't. Eat, and he, and he, he apparently came back. He's like, dude, it was the weirdest thing. We had a his mommy has this thing called a casserole, and like the, all he did was like play Dungeons and Dragons. Like he didn't. That was not. He was like a cool Manhattan street kid. Like he Whoa. knew he was like cool, like into hip hop and shit like that. Like he was not a nerd at all. And now where is he? And isn't that amazing? It's <laughs> <laughs> not fantastic. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. got him Sometimes on drugs. It goes though. I don't think it sounds. Exactly right. <laughs> Are you ever really done with an impression? Because I was uh, Michael Sheen. Yeah, when they're like completely not relevant. Michael Sheen does this thing that's funny where he goes, he goes, uh, it's young Michael Caine and old Michael Caine. He goes, when I was young Michael Caine, I talk like this. Now I'm old Michael Caine, and I I'm talk Caine. like yeah. this. I mean, their voices, the way people talk, changes dramatically over the span of their like career. Yeah, unless or their life, they get p- popular later in their career. But yeah, I don't know. It's all good. I Would can't you do, do that them. painting. No. Okay. All the <laughs> stuff is other people's stuff. Sweet. We're in my living room, listeners. <laughs> yeah. I feel weird about putting my own art. Up. I I did that portrait on the bookshelf of um. I, now I can't think of his name. He's a very famous author who's now dead. Sci-fi author, Bradbury. Bradbury. He signed it. Actually, he, he signed, signed it. it. Ray Bradbury. I went to a signing, and Frank Black was there because oh, cool. Frank Black wrote the foreword to the book, and so they were both signing. So, but I got Ray Bradbury because I did that portrait for a magazine. I got Ray Bradbury. To it's sign. so weird how often Frank Black has come up in this in different ways. It's, very it's like when you leave here, you're gonna run into him and like, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna like. He goes to the car. comedy store. He does. Yeah, Freddie. Lo- he came up to Freddie Lockhart once. Well, hold on, but that, does that mean he goes there, or he was just he there the one said time? he'd been there more than once. He was like, "Dude, I think I've seen you more. Like, I've seen I've you. I've never seen him there. Would you? I'm not. I sure. I would you, recognize him. I mean, maybe you would not miss. Yeah, he, I would recognize. He may him. Ju- he may just look like a random big bald dude who's sitting down. 
It's just like a ball. But if he was like walking around, like if he went to the bathroom or. Maybe, but you also, he could just be a random bald head in the crowd that you don't even think to look at twice. Well, I mean, if I'm on stage, I'm not, I'm saying like if I'm in the front patio and I'm sitting there having a cigarette. No, I think he was in the And main. he walks out, I'd be like, that's Frank Black. Freddie that's Lockhart, definitely, that's who's walking by me. Freddie Lockhart told me he was, he was in the main room. Like seated, and you could walk by someone sitting at one of the tables in the main room and not look up and not notice him. If the right. crowd was full, but yeah, he he's been to the comedy store. I think he's gone more than once. Please, Frank Black. I met uh, Billy Corgan there. How was that? That was cool. He'd be easiest box. He's so tall. Yeah, everybody knew who he was. But sitting, I mean, he would just be yeah, another bald guy. Yeah, exactly. Like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, you put a hat on him. You don't know. I I didn't notice Tarantino the time he was there. Someone had to be like, "Oh, Quentin Tarantino." You know why there. I noticed him? Because I performed to only him and his date. Yeah. <laughs> That's how late it was. It was just me, him, and his date. He loves it. He has a good time at the comedy store. Well, at the time, I had this like I was doing this bit on Britney Spears when she was going when she had gone completely nuts. Right. And the girl he was dating was. Britney Spears is like boyfriend's ex-girlfriend. So she loved it. Yeah. And then he liked it because she liked it. And I'm like, I couldn't be doing better right now with (laughs) two people. And one of them happens to be one of the biggest directors in the world. So in my head, I'm like, dude, I'm totally going to talk to Quentin Tarantino after this. And it's going to be amazing. So I get off stage. And then what happens? A fucking fire next door at Katana breaks out firefighters show up and they shut down half of the fucking block everyone has to go home oh wow yeah not that anything really would have happened but it was like a cool exciting moment where i was like i love this guy it'd be cool to meet him and he'll say nice things yeah and then like an act of god it was really annoying i didn't think i was but someone was like he was he really liked you and i was like well then i'm definitely going to be a movie star (laughs) right right (laughs) you want it because you're like this is how this happens yeah this is literally how this happens this is how it happens when someone like because he has the he has that he actually does have that power he's like i'm gonna make that guy really famous yeah like he could decide you're like hey it's like hey you're in my next four movies yeah and then boom yeah like he would like your music Mm -hmm. yeah and that's what i like about the store too is you know the industry industry might start coming there again. That's what David. They Taylor are was more and more. That like Adam. Yeah, uh-huh. Adam yeah, they is do showcases there more. They come by and just hang out a little bit more often. Well, but it's good. not like a dark, weird, CD negative. Well, also Adam's place. Adam's going to help that too. Well, wait, he's not it's, it's still dark, needy, and I mean it, it is still, some, but not to the degree. I don't think it was. No, it doesn't have that that vibe of like. It doesn't know. have the failure vibe it used to. Failure yeah. vibe, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But, um, okay, so after this episode ends, uh, what song songs. are we going to have at the end? Uh, we're gonna, the outro for this will be a song. What one do you want it to be? Can you set like set it up? Uh, I don't know. You want to set it up when I leave and I send you the songs? Uh, oh, we do that, too. Yes. I don't know if you had and now, And this is Jeff Richards' song from the shingles. And then... <laughs> Do like one of those, right? Those intros, like before. Can you do that? I mean, I can if you like. I'm not sure what I want the song. Okay, okay, yeah. That's why I asked now because I thought maybe because it'd be better if you did if you knew because it's your song. (laughs) Up next, a song. Oh, you'd want to not record it. To you'd have to record it today. What the, the intro to your song? Yeah. No, I mean I can just like put it in the episode description. The intro song is this. The outro song is that. But I thought since you were here, <laughs> if you were like, oh, I definitely want this one, you could like talk okay, about I could the do song. That. Yeah. I'm just saying what we're doing right now is a pretty good intro. 
<laughs> right for a song that we don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty good intro. Um, order right now. But yeah, either way, there's going to be a song after this con- this part of our conversation right now because that'll be the end of the episode and it'll fade out into a song, a song that you choose at a later date. <laughs> this song, which I'll choose now. Okay, yeah. This song is called "Deaf Wanna F." Please enjoy. <laughs> Um, you want to talk about the song at all? No. Okay, so please enjoy. What's it called? <laughs> Deaf wanna oh f. Thanks for doing this, dude. Thank you for it's having that me. Feeling again. It's my manhood telling me who's boss. Oh, there's nothing I can really do about it. I don't think. I. 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 Deaf wanna f. Deaf wanna. Over, I deaf wanna F Get you undressed Get you undressed And then we can F I don't have a place I just have a car If you come over We gotta F in my car Get into my trunk Grab a hold of my junk I'm so lonely So lonely I'm not fat I'm better than that My rod is decent And I don't have a cat how could I have a cat? I live in my car. I mean, it just wouldn't be fair to the cat. Deaf wanna F. Deaf wanna F. If you come over, I deaf wanna F. Get you undressed. Get you undressed. And then we can F. Not to mention, what would the cat food cost? And what if something happened to the cat? Like, like what if the cat got a viral infection or something? That could be really expensive. Friend Casey who had a cat? The cat got a tumor. Yeah, she spent crazy money on chemotherapy and the cat still died. The cat still died. I'm just not in the position to go through that kind of turmoil right now. Seriously. Death wanna F. Death wanna F. Diddle my middle and get me crass. Death wanna F. Death wanna Cross your legs so I can locate your nest. Death wanna F. Death wanna F. Close your eyes if you have to, I guess. Death wanna F. Death wanna F. I'm super quick. It'll be over before you know it.